You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Average Conservationist Podcast brought to you by Outdoor Class and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Outdoor Class is the new single source of premium outdoor education from trusted, knowledgeable experts. For hunters committed to improving their skills, Outdoor Class is the only subscription-based e-learning platform that provides unlimited access to video lessons from the world's most respected experts covering topics across a hunter's entire journey. Learn from industry leaders like Corey Jacobson, Randy Newberg, Remy Warren, and other prominent personalities and organizations. Sign up today and use code AVERAGE to save 20%. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies, breweries, Contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. up everybody a happy wednesday to you wherever you're listening from this is the average conservationist podcast and i'm your host marcus ewing 
All right. So this week we're kind of back to our regularly scheduled programming um, in terms of um, looking at some two percent uh, brands and and companies that have you know made that commitment to conservation. And today I have EJ Saunders with me, uh, and EJ is one of the founders of Blaze Digital Solutions. Um, so really, they're kind of focusing on uh, online and digital marketing. And <clears throat> you know, it took me a little bit. I almost had to go back and and listen to some of our conversation. EJ and I uh, recorded this quite a while ago, um, probably right before uh, Org Month kicked off, which actually ran, you know six weeks long. Um, but this is actually good as well too, because, um, EJ is serving in the military. Um, so this is coming on the heels of veterans day and the little tribute that we just did. Uh, but EJ and I get to cover, you know, a whole lot, uh, kind of as it pertains to digital marketing, the outdoors, what the digital marketing space kind of looks like. Um, for any of you listening that, you know, maybe in, may be involved in that space, um, or maybe you own your own small company or something along those lines and, you know, digital marketing, Facebook, um, Instagram, Google ads, all these different things. Um, you know, EJ talks about how it has changed, uh, over time, how it's become much more expensive, um, to kind of advertise through that way, though it's, one of those things that, you know, you're going to, you get what you pay for when it comes to, you know, digital marketing and advertising and things of that nature. So he talks about the importance of that and, you know, why he's focusing a lot of his attention on outdoor clients. Um, EJ's a, a big outdoorsman. Um, he loves turkey hunting. Uh, so he gets to, you know, talk about that and tell some stories. So it's uh, it was a good conversation. I mean, EJ was actually... Um, deployed uh, when we recorded this. So he, you know, was kind enough to, to take some time from his day to sit out. I believe he was sitting out in his car. Um, it was the only quiet place he could find um, where he was uh, stationed at, where he could, you know, sit down and, and actually record with me. So I, I appreciated him doing that. So episode 128 with EJ Saunders. Enjoy. Uh, today's episode is going to be brought to you by my friends at Go Hunt. The holidays are right around the corner, guys. Um, we're knocking on the door of Thanksgiving, which means Black Friday, which means, I mean, the Christmas season is, is in full swing. I mean, I've gotten emails upon emails of Black Friday sales already starting. Go Hunt is no different. They're running this huge Black Friday sale. Now is a great time to head over to GoHunt.com and pick up, you know, gear for the outdoorsman, the outdoors woman in your life and, you know, get them something great. Uh, another thing that you can do is pick up the explore membership for them. Um, go hunts mapping system is far and away the best that I've ever used. Uh, whether it's downloading the size of the maps that you're able to download offline, the layering, um, you know, really just the functionality of everything that they have with, uh, with their mapping system. Um, so head over to GoHunt.com, check out their Black Friday sale, and while you're there, pick up yourself a Explore membership. EJ, welcome to the pod, man. What's going on? How are you? Hey, doing good, man. Um, doing really good. Yeah, no, that's good to hear. Um, no, again, I uh, I kind of mentioned it before, but I appreciate you being flexible. I had to cancel last week when we were supposed to do this because I was 
totally under the weather, but no, today's a good day. It's one I've been looking forward to, man. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this too. Yeah. Really excited. No, great. Have you uh, have you had chances to do podcasts before, or is this kind of your first go-round at it? No, I've, I've been on a few. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been on a few, especially this last year. It's been... It's been a fun ride. Um, next year, I'm going to be attempting to do a little bit of a podcast tour, if you will. So okay. <laughs> hopefully people will be hearing a lot more from me. Um, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So <clears throat> before we kind of get into um, Blaze Digital and everything like that, EJ, tell me a bit about yourself, man. Give me a bit of your background. Yeah, so um, I don't know how deep you want me to, to go here, but I... A little bit about me, um, outdoor-wise, always grown up um, loving just being outside in general. So played basketball through high school, um, did a lot of, you know, a lot of backcountry type things going up, growing up through scouts and different things like that. Um, really got into the deep, like, backcountry um, type stuff, backpacking and things where we go out for five days and, you know, put in 50, 60 miles on the trail and, um, do that kind of stuff. And so it, I don't know, the outdoors in general is, has always been my thing. Um, I, I got a little ADD and so I'm always seem to be having to do something and being outside is, is the most fun for me. <laughs> yeah, no, <clears throat> I totally know how that is. Like, <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, just I think the the kind of the ADD that we all have, the outdoors kind of helps soothe that a little bit, right? Like even if you're just walking around kind of aimlessly, like you feel being in the outdoors, you feel like you're doing something. You feel like you have a little bit more purpose when you're out there, even if yeah, like you said, maybe you're just just going for an out and back hike or something like that, right? And it's it's something as simple as that, but it kind of gets you refocused, recentered when you're out there. Yeah, man, it's a hundred percent. I mean. You, you hit the nail on the head on that one, for sure. <clears throat> so you mentioned, you know, kind of always being in the outdoors. What, you know, as you've, you know, gotten older in life, you know, had to start adulting, I guess, as people call it nowadays. Like, what is what is your relationship with the outdoors look like now? Are you still able to, to spend a bunch of time out there? Or is it just kind of taking a back seat and you do it when you can? Um, It's taken a little bit of a back seat just with, family and stuff like that so i've got four kids um married and and so we you know there's a lot and my kids are kind of just getting into the teenage years um so they're still young and and vibrant and one thing i really try to strive to do is always to get them out there and it's like my excuse to get me out there is to be like hey i need to you guys need to experience this just as much as i do and so we're gonna go out there and and knock it out. So I'll, you know, we'll go out shooting, we'll go hiking, we'll do all sorts of different things. And, um, so that's really just kind of just being active in general has been, you know, a very, very important part of, of my life growing up. And then, so and I'm in the military and, you know, fitness is just part of the gig. Um, and so I'm constantly having to, you know, I'm always going running or, you know, lifting and, and doing that sort of thing. And so it's, it's just kind of ingrained into my DNA. We'll just say. 
no, no I mean, yeah. you know, the outdoors, that's a, a perfect place to kind of hone those skills to, to stay sharp because yeah, there's a whole plethora of things that you can kind of get into to, to keep yourself active, whether it is, yeah, trail running, mountain biking, you know, just doing some rucking or hiking or whatever the case is. And I found when I had kids that that's when my relationship with the outdoors kind of changed a little bit. Um, it became a lot more about me wanting to, like you just said, have them experience it, get them outdoors, get them used to that kind of lifestyle and much less about me and my pursuits and, and the things that I wanted to do when I was out there. Yep. hundred percent. And there's nothing like, you know, I bought my, um, so my youngest is the only boy <laughs> similar to like me growing up. I was the only boy in my family. I had three sisters and, um, I got him a, a bow because he's seen me shoot he's seen my bow and stuff and i got him a bow and he's just like it's static but it's cool because it because his excitement has gotten some of his sisters excited to be like oh i want to try it that's pretty cool and so we'll go out you know shooting um and things you know just just having fun and it's really cool to see them kind of engage with that type of thing um you know at that at that level at their young age is pretty cool yeah no that's <clears throat> that's awesome do you get a chance to to do much hunting be you know between between the job between um <clears throat> you know serving and all that good stuff do you find time to squeak out so it's tough <laughs> especially <laughs> those last couple of years um but uh, i didn't draw out this year as far as big game which is actually good because you know i got deployed and um that's kind of currently where i'm at right now um, but the, yeah, this last spring I did get in a good turkey hunt and it was, it was awesome. There you go. So yeah, it was, it was like a picture perfect moment, um, or, or experience we'll just say of, of seeing them up in the tree, start calling them in and watching them, literally watching them pitch down and walk right towards you until they're about 25 yards out. It was, it was insane. But, um, those moments of just like you know i don't know it's giving tribute a little bit you know being that provider and, and that kind of stuff you know um at least for me that's kind of where it is yeah no that's great so ej tell me about blaze digital solutions yeah so blaze digital is you know we're we're a marketing company um we specialize in the outdoor space though so the we do have clients outside of the outdoor space, but 95% of all of our clientele are all outdoor based to mostly be in the hunting space. Um, and we started diving into like the fishing space there, but yeah, we just help companies in the outdoor space grow. So what was it like, <clears throat> did you have kind of a, a bit of a background in that or what made you decide to start the company? Yeah. So I, um, <laughs> actually started my journey into the marketing world back in 2008. Um, worked into, you know, worked for a company um, called Orange Soda. I know it's been bought out and things like that out of American Fork, Utah. And that was the moment where I realized that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life, <laughs> was to be in that space and just to do that thing. And so that took me back to going to school, which then led me to other jobs and, and business ventures and stuff that I kind of tried along the way. Um, I ended up 
working the last agency I worked for, um, we had a handful of outdoor specific clients um, that I purely managed from top to bottom. Um, so everything from SEO to digital ads, um, you know, controlling somewhat of the, the email side a little bit, just kind of working with um, working with internal teams and, and kind of guiding people there. Um, I just kind of did it, did it all. And so it developed a lot of relationships in that, in the industry in, in specific. And um, back in 2019, this is kind of crazy. So December of 2019, I was sitting there in church and, um, you know, they were just kind of, you know, talking and stuff. It was during one of the classes and I was just sitting there dozing off, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Not afraid to admit it, human, but the dozing off. And then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, I just got this. It was like a, you know, I don't know, proverbial slap in the face. And I was just like woken up being like, you got to quit your job. Like that was like the big thing in my gut that was just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Like I need to, to move on. Right. And so during that time too, it was kind of a, a little bit of a searching around really defining my why as, as an individual, um, and my purpose of like, what am I here to do? Like, what goals do I really need to strive to hit? Um, and, and that really came out to be, you know, I want to help inspire and motivate individuals to, to live a happy and fulfilled life. Um, and so during that, that time, that's when it just hit me of like, I need to quit my job. So December, 2019. Um, so fast forward a little bit to, to the new year of 2020, um, January of 2020 around the middle. Um, I was talking to an entrepreneur friend of mine and, um, talked to my wife a little bit. And then I just had this really deep deep feeling that I needed to move on to other things and stuff. And so my buddy was like, he had a very successful uh, daycare chain. And he's like, if you don't go off and do your own thing, I'm literally going to punch you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Just because of all the things were just stacked in my favor um, with my experience that I'd built over the years and some relationships that I've built and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, so I decided to, to go off on my own and to start a marketing company. And the, the goal there was to kind of really focus more in the outdoor space and just to kind of exploit that. So, um, so that's what I did. So it's a little bit of background on the company. Yeah. Um, how much, yeah. how much has, if you started kind of working, um, you know, with an ad agency, um, 2008, how much has thing, how much has, how much have things really changed as far as like how you're handling clients, how you're approaching, um, you know, whether, because obviously anymore, like, you know, Facebook ads, SEO, like all these things. Well, I know, you know, back in 2008, those were important things, or maybe they, people hadn't really understood the value of them as opposed to like, you know, this day and age. So how was, how have things kind of changed from then up until, you know, even early 2020 when you decide to go on your own? Um, well, it, a lot of change <laughs> from 2008 to 2020, 
Um, they're two completely different worlds as far as the online space goes. Um, and so you had, man, back in 2008, people were still keyword stuffing and doing all that kind of stuff in SEO. And if you remember anything like that, but um, that was really popular. Uh, digital ads, oddly enough, like Google ads and things like that was just kind of getting going. Um, it was still somewhat of a new thing and it was very, very, very easy um, to get things up and going. It was very cheap and you could get conversions very quickly. Um, so long as you had like a really good idea, like it was a, like almost anybody, that's is why you've seen over the last 10, 12 years, um, a whole plethora of people just, Hey, yeah, I'm a Facebook ads expert expert, or Hey, I can run Google ads and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I think it's a become a dime a dozen. Um, but coming around to like 2020, 2022 now. Um, as we're going into 2023, it's a completely different game um, now that these platforms like Facebook and Google, they, they have such a, a foothold, a monopoly really um, on the in, on every industry you can think of. Um, you know, there's businesses out there that solely rely on their Google My Business uh, account, right, to 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 be exist, to exist. Yeah. If their Google My Business account was wiped, they would be wiped. Like their phone calls, everything would stop immediately. <laughs> um, and so it's a completely different ball game on that. So there's tons of restrictions. And as you know, like through 2020, all that, all that stuff that kind of went down during those years was something that really changed and really kind of altered the game. Um, and especially for people in more of the restricted categories you know like hunting um really specifically like hunting especially like in the shooting and stuff like that like you it's very hard um unless you know what you're doing and you can position it correctly you're gonna have a really hard time getting ads up and going um or if at all nowadays and so and the cost of things is kind of going back up to where they were before um you know, digital ads even existed at all. Um, I don't know, if, you know, back in the early 2000s, you know, late 90s, you you know, to be able to market, to be able to put ads up in the newspaper or, you know, the phone book or wherever, I mean, you'd be spending thousands of dollars a month just to do one of those things. And so your, the things that have changed is you've kind of had this uh, subsidized, uh, I heard this from Ryan Dice, everything's been subsidized for the last 15 years as far as digital ads and marketing and advertising goes. Now we're starting to see an uptick going back to the days where things were, you know, the prices that they used to be. And so you're going to see it's very difficult. It's going to be very difficult for a lot of smaller companies to, to do it um, if you don't have a good, handle on your business and what your business actually exists for. Now, do you think that that, I don't know if you want to call it a, a correction in the market or with prices starting to climb back up to, to what they were in, you know, the early days of, you know, just kind of marketing like that in general, do you think that's because there's more and more, you know, 
entrepreneurs, more and more small businesses that are kind of relying on these digital ads to to try to grow their business. And, you know, whoever is kind of controlling the ad space is, is kind of seeing a place where they can, you know, kind of make their money there if, if more and more people want to do it. Um, I think it has a little bit to do with that because, you know, it's a lot of this is off of bidding, right? The bidding system, the more people that are involved, the higher the prices typically go. Like if you go and you, you're one of 2 million people that are bidding for a specific keyword in Google, that price for that keyword is going to go up dramatically. This is why you see um, attorneys and, you know, some of those others where you're literally paying $100 a click. Um, but it's worth it to them because their costs, you know, they yeah, keep their cost per acquisition down to where they're still profitable and spend whatever they want. Yeah, they're um, the, the what they're charging for billing, yeah, is much higher than that than that rate. Yep. So, as especially this last year, as inflation has gone up pretty dramatically, you're seeing ad costs go up. Um, the problem is is it's it is a correction but you're not going to see those prices go back down if that makes sense. So the the thing is, is you have to realize that Facebook, um, they're, they're public, right? They're, they're on the stock market. Um, they were able to go and be dramatically unprofitable for years and years and years. Now they have stockholders that are saying that are basically demanding them to become profitable. So what does that mean? Prices got to go up. Yeah. There's no, there's going to be no more subsidies as far as that stuff goes. And Google's in a, a little bit of a similar notion, except for they're more playing the monopoly game of they're just going to stay, you know, they're going to stick with where the market's at. And as they increase prices, you're likely not to see those prices come down either. Just, it's just going to be the way it is. Yeah. Um, they have too much control <laughs> to... You know, because I mean, without Google nowadays, if Google was to go away, I mean, probably imagine what that would do to small business. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that ripple effect it. would be, yeah, it would be catastrophic. So they are um, in a position to where we cannot, you know, in a sense, we cannot live without them. Yeah. And so they, they control the pricing structure for all of that between Apple Facebook and Google. Um, and as you know, Apple's going to be coming out with a pretty strong um, ad platform as well. But those are three major, major players that you're going to see um, really take hold. And those prices are going to, they're going to go up. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. So EJ, kind of walk me through the process. You, <clears throat> you're able to obtain a new client um, in the outdoor space. What do, what is the, I guess kind of the, the entire process look like from maybe that initial meeting, um, laying out goals or anything like that to kind of what you would consider like the end state or, you know, the, the final step in the process. Yeah. So we, um, first thing we want to establish is, is their goals like, and if, if their goals are attainable, so we can kind of backwards plan. So we really like to start with the end in mind. And then kind of backwards plan towards, okay, you know, if you want to make, if you want to double your sales in the next 12 months, um, this is, you know, then we kind of lay out a plan of like, this is what that's going to look like. And this is kind of the investment that you're looking at to achieve that. 
um, because there is a direct correlation with with what you're spending versus you know the returns that you that you get um, and so we'll look at all of that we like to look at what their current cost per acquisition is and all that kind of stuff there's a saying from Dan Kennedy that um, has always been imprinted in my mind when it comes to this kind of stuff is that those who can spend the most to acquire a customer will always win. Um, so if you can remain profitable and spend the most out of your competitors to acquire a customer, you're going to win every single day. All like, there's no way that you can't win. Like it's, it's just the way it is. So with that, we look at their offer. Um, and we try to establish, Hey, is there a way that we can beat this up? Is there a way we can position it differently? Um, based on who they're wanting to target. So as clients come on, we really try to establish who they're targeting. Um, in the hunting space, oddly enough, it's there's a wide variety of different, you know, customer avatars that, that you can create, you know, from the Western hunter to the turkey hunter to the, you know, the whitetail, um, going into waterfowl. Like there's a whole plethora of different people and their buying patterns are all different. Um, there, you know, a lot of the times there is some consistency with the seasons as the seasons come and go, people like to buy when the seasons are, when the season are happening and, and then they tend to tail off afterwards and then during the holiday season. So there is some consistency, but the reasons why they buy is going to be very different. Um, their motivations, their fears, their frustrations, their wants, aspirations. We try to outline all of that to help establish the right messaging for the type of product or service that we're trying to market. Um, once we have that established, the rest is, is somewhat easy. Now it's just coming up, you know, developing the creatives, the ad copy, making sure the website's all up to par um, with the messaging. So it's consistent across the board. And then we start, you know, doing whatever service that we have established for, um, you know, that, that we're contracted to do, we kind of optimize that over time. So the brief. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you're talking about like, um, you know, different, let's say different, uh, types of hunters or different, um, you're chasing different species, right? You talked about from the Western big game to waterfowl, to upland, to the whitetail turkey hunters, all that good stuff. Do you notice, um, a very specific pattern or can you kind of, generalize you know, the the reason why people are buying like i know it, it, this is just speaking for me as as a you know predominantly whitetail hunter right like i won't really think about my gear until probably after my first sit of the year right i'll come home and i'm like okay could he use this or i could he use that or you know you're looking at the extended forecast and you're going man it's going to be a little bit colder than what i expected even though you maybe have some gear that you used the previous season, maybe you just want to upgrade. How are you able to to really kind of hone in on on those buying patterns for like the different, um, you know, I think uh, avatars as you called it in the hunting space. Yeah, so it really depends on the type of product, right? So if we're talking about hunting camo, where people are going to spend a thousand, fifteen hundred, um, or more in some cases on that there uh, those people that are ready or need to buy all the gear are going to be buying that 
at least a month or so before the season. So they know they have a tag and they know where they're going to be going. Therefore they start searching for that type of stuff. Um, finds a lot of the smaller ticket items. So if you're looking at like battery banks, so like dark energy is a a client of ours. Um, People that are looking for that kind of stuff, generally it's a lot of can be impulse buys and just randomly throughout the season. But if you're a higher ticket item, you're going to see that pattern start about a month, month and a half before the actual season starts. And then it will amplify um, as you get into the season. Like, like you said, you're going out, you're like, oh man, I need this, this or that, or I need this base layer. I need this uh, knife or whatever it is, right? I need a new pair of boots. Um, we, we just kind of start feeding into that. So we actually have a framework um, for the outdoor space. And a lot of it's geared a lot towards um, some of the big game type of things, but it really flows perfectly with just about any, any species. Um, I mean, we call it the, the anti-seasonal framework. And so what you're talking about here is the buying really starts around phase two and phase three. Um, and that's kind of like your, your pre-hunting season and then into the hunting season. Okay. Um, and then afterwards is typically you're going to have, you know, for the most part, especially big game, you're going to flow right into the hunt or the holiday season. And so it's really just structuring what that looks like. Cause you're going to have people from all, you're going to have people all over the, their customer value journey, right? If you know how and the ways that you want to acquire a customer, that's very, very important. Like knowing that journey that you need people to take, that's going to lead to a purchase. Um, knowing that you can pre-plan and you can start establishing because as we're seeing with big ticket items, big ticket items used to have an average of a 30 day, um, like attribution. What I mean by that is by the time they first start seeing the product, it would take about 30 days on average for that person to actually buy the product. Okay. Now, as we're seeing it, it's especially for the bigger ticket items, it's more around a 90 day plus. Really? Um, It's that long. Yeah. Yes. Just because of inflation and like all that kind of stuff, we've really seen an extension of people are really holding on to their money and they're really being selective on what they need to buy. Um, and so, yeah, hundred percent seeing that across the board. And so I do a lot of marketing for, you know, for Scree. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Scree, but yep. yeah, done a lot of work for Scree. Um, actually from the very beginning of the company, just about they're about a year or two old. And that's when we, I came into the picture and I've been with them since. Um, and uh, canvas cutter is another one that they're kind of like a big ticket item. Yeah. It's an investment for, for sure. Hunting. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, you know, $600 in the, or like initial ascent, initial ascents, you know, they're on average five, $600 for a backpack uh, for the back country. So people are uh, for those type of products and those things, people are definitely the, ex- they are waiting and they're, they're being very, very, a lot more strategic with their money if that makes sense. Um, as we start seeing, if we start seeing inflation really go down, we're going to dive into a recession. I mean, that's a no brainer. Um, and as we do that, as we kind of come out of that, that time frame will likely shorten as the economy improves. But as we're going into this and with the inflation so high, 
yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting thing. So what happened is during the pandemic, nobody had inventory. And this is partly a major, major problem what companies are literally going out of business for um, is during the pandemic, man, everybody was home and online sales were at an all time high. People were like, couldn't keep on the inventory fast enough. Right. So they like doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on the inventory um, thinking that that was going to continue. And it didn't. (laughs) People kind of got back to work. They're able to, you know, not wear masks and all this kind of stuff. Um, You saw that buying pattern really tail back to what it was and then add inflation and all that kind of stuff on top of it. And now people are stuck with literally hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of inventory that they can't get rid of. Yeah. How did you... It's crippling. talking about like buying patterns and whatnot, you know, during the pandemic and just the, the inability to, to maintain a stock level or, you know, or an inventory level, you know, the, the, the pandemic certainly got more people outdoors, whether it was, you know, first timers getting into hunting, whether it was someone who was kind of rekindling, um, a love for, for hunting in the outdoors, um, you know, whatever the case was, how would, how did you guys approach that? Um, like with your clients when all of a sudden there was this sudden influx of, of new users? Um, we were, I mean, there was a lot of times where we would shut ads off. We would have to shut ads off or we would put in back orders. Back orders was kind of a common thing. Um, and that's what we tried first. Uh, unless we heard a lot of people we had. So I, um, Bow Spider, I don't know if you've heard of them. It's another company that I've done a lot of work with over the last couple of years, especially during the pandemic. And they got, they had sales that were, I mean, so much back order, thousands and thousands of orders um, put on back order. It was insane. But people were used to that and they were used to being like, well, I'm not going to get this for another three or four months. So people would buy a lot more in advance just to make sure they had it for the hunting season. Um, but that's more or less, we would try that first. And then if we needed to shut ads off, you know, if it got way too out of hand, then we would just shut things off. Um, that's yeah. such a, that's such a, that's got for, for, for you, EJ and, and, and your market and, and your team, that's got to be such a, a weird approach to take, right? Like to say, you know, we're going to try to help you with these digital ads. We're going to try to help you, you know, blast your message out there. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, we, you guys just can't handle, you know, the influx of of orders of new customers. So we're just going to shut things off. We're just going to kill it. And we're going to ride this out. We're going to kind of write the ship here, try to get back to, to a homeostasis level here and then see where we're at. Yep. Yep. That's it. Definitely was a, a different thing. That's for sure. Because especially for me, um, I'm a type of guy that likes to go, and I like to go fast. And if I see something that's working, we like to just dump gas on it as much as possible to see if if it'll scale, right? Um, and so, happen to pull back <laughs> when things were working. Um, definitely was kind of a, I don't know. It was heart wrenching. It was, it was a little bit, you know, it's my ego getting in the way. You know, like, <laughs> We're winning. Let's go. Um, yeah, foot on the throat. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's got to so, I mean, it, it goes against everything that, you know, you and, and the team kind of believe in and, and, and the mission and the, you know, just the, the work ethic that you guys have, right? That's got to be, it's got to be a tough thing to manage. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's been, it's been really difficult. Um, yeah, dealing with, with all of this. So, and then you had a lot of companies, man, they started and they hit the pandemic at the right moment and they sold a whole bunch of product. And then as soon as people started going back to work, literally their sales just stopped. Yeah. It was like a pandemic opportunity <laughs> <laughs> and they got themselves in a little bit of trouble thinking it was going to last. Um, and so, yeah, there's so many aspects to it. It's, it's really difficult. It's been a, just a really weird time period yeah it has the last few years yeah that's a really good way to put it so what is what is the toughest part about kind of <clears throat> excuse me about operating in you know the digital space in in you know digital marketing and all that stuff what's the what's the toughest part for you guys um the hardest thing is is trying to really manage expectations um especially with all the changes and all the different things coming out, like with iOS 14 updates that destroyed uh, tracking and a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, managing expectations because people pre pandemic and even during the pandemic, it seemed like, man, if you, if you targeted the people and with the right message, your return was going to be astronomical. I've seen, returns on ad spends upwards of over a hundred percent wow which is insane that's that's saying for every dollar i spend i get a hundred back stupid right i've seen that um and i've seen the 70s and the 50s and the 20s i've been able to over the course between the years of 2016 and 2019 well, no, I'm going to, through 2021, I was able to consistently get a company well over a 10x return on all of their money they invested with us. Literally millions of dollars was made during that time period. Um, now it's getting a little more difficult to have that kind of return because of the costs of ads, the costs of all these things is, is going up. Um, it's a lot more competitive. People are holding on to their money. They're being way more selective. So we have to really pivot and focus really hard on messaging and positioning of their product and making sure that their offer is outstanding in regards to who we're trying to market to. Yeah. Now operating kind of solely in the, in the outdoor space and, you know, primarily with, within the hunting industry. And then you mentioned, you know, obviously taking on some, some clients um, kind of in the angling space, do you have a team, um, you know, the, the team that you have built there at Blaze? Is it, is, a lot, is it a lot of kind of like like-minded people like yourself that are, you know, into the outdoors or grew up in the outdoors? Do so they have an idea of kind of what that space looks like or what, you know, potential uh, customers out there would be looking for when they're looking for it, all those things? Or is that just something that they kind of learn uh, through trends and training and all that good stuff once they come aboard? Yeah, so I'd say it's probably about half and half. Okay. Um, I have a really strong core to the team. Um, so my content director and, uh, the guys underneath him, 
they live in the outdoor space. Like they just live fishing, hunting, you know, they're from Southern Louisiana, Louisiana, we'll just say, and they, that's just what they've been doing for all their lives. And so they understand the space, especially from a content perspective, like better than anybody I know in the space. Um, And then uh, Tim, who's, who's over like our email marketing and things like that. I actually met him when I was doing uh, work for PhoneScope. So he worked for PhoneScope. He was the GM at PhoneScope. Um, I worked directly with him for years prior to me going off on my own. Um, and so, but he's, he's a birder. He's a hunter, like for most of his, if not all of his life as well. So a lot of, um, the big core people, um, same thing with Alyssa. Alyssa is a big hunter and she's over our SEO, SEO okay. web development, things like that. So when it comes to like all the pieces, my business partner is a big bow hunter, um, as well. And so it's, yeah, it seems like the, the core of the company is very much outdoors, yeah. outdoors oriented. They've done it for, you know, most of their lives. They just, they just love it. So to have that deep connection, you know, with the industry and, and how consumers really buy because like, like in a sense, we're kind of our own target market. In, <laughs> yeah, in that's true. Yeah, you're selling to um, yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> EJ, how does, how does conservation tie into everything? So conservation um, is, I don't know. So ever since I was a young boy in scouts, there was the the leave no trace, right? And and yep. learning to respect what God gave us on this earth to enjoy. Um, you know, it's supposed to be here for for everybody, and and everybody should have the opportunity to go out and to enjoy the great things that are on this earth, from the rainforest to the the vast mountain ranges to you know, all of the, I'm going to call them fields and just awesomeness throughout the, um, throughout the Midwest. Like there's so many different aspects to different parts of just the United States alone. Um, but then when you go worldwide, I mean, it's, it's incredible the amount of things that are out there to experience, um, the adventure, everything. Right. So for me, conservation is, doing my part to you know to preserve that for future generations really yeah um, when it comes down to it um i'm teaching my kids and we're getting out there and enjoying stuff and um it's really sad to see you know especially when you go into the backcountry so i went on a backpacking trip a couple years ago in glacier glacier national park we're at we're backcountry for i don't know it was like five days i think i was yeah it was five days four nights, five days. And the amazing thing to see people just leave crap behind, it was like, what the heck? (laughs) Yeah. It's gut, it's gut wrenching, man, to see that type of stuff, especially in in these pristine places, like you mentioned. Yeah. It's, it's incredible that, that people will, um, not respect that. And, and so when it comes to hunting, when it comes to all of that, it's all about, respecting what God gave us um, 
and doing our part in, in really preserving that for, you know, for others, um, they're going to be coming behind us. So, yeah. So how was it that, um, <clears throat> that you learned about 2% for conservation? So I, I learned about 2% through one of my clients actually. And originally, um, so I worked, did some work for dark mountain. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're awesome, awesome guys. Um, Christian is, is the man. I've been trying to track um, them guys down to get on the podcast for like a year and a half. They are hard to pin down, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christian's a, he's a, he's a busy guy. He's, he's actually got a couple of businesses. Um, and so he's, he's definitely a hard one to, to get, but, um, you know, they're part of the 2% and that's where I originally kind of learned about it. Um, and that's my business kind of grew and got into a better position to be able to start focusing. So nowadays, like in my business, I'm not directly involved with operations. Um, I've got a team now they're taking the helm and, and running with it. And so I'm definitely more of a figurehead nowadays and getting to get more and more that way. Um, which gives me the opportunity to really dive into things that are going to be making a difference. And that was the biggest opportunity that I saw was like, wow, I could really, we could really do some really good stuff and we can help a lot of organizations and, and really, you know, just do our part. Um, and so that's when I, I called 2%. I was like, Hey, you know what? We are in a spot now to rock and roll and I want to make a difference. So let's go. Yeah, no, <clears throat> that's great. Uh, I love hearing that, uh, you know, it's kind of the, the whole reasoning behind wanting to, well, one, the reasoning behind, you know, your love for conservation, for the outdoors, and then, you know, seeing, you know, once you kind of got yourself in position to where you, you know, you felt like you could really make a, an impact and a difference. And then, you know, like everything else, uh, you know, full full throttle, right? Full send on on trying to get involved and, and trying to give back. So who are some of the, um, the organizations that you guys are giving back to? Um, so, so really we haven't, there, there's a plethora, there's, there's a handful right now. I mean, we're working, um, a lot with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. We worked with the Mule Deer Foundation, um, a bit. Those are kind of the two bigger ones. Um, one of the big reasons why I got involved with 2% was to get access to more people and to know really where I should be going um, and what I should be doing. The big thing, we want to get more into fishing. There was a lot of, uh, you know, we want to get involved with like Ducks Unlimited and, and a lot of these bigger, you know, organizations that are doing a lot, um, especially on the angling side with like Trout, Trout's Unlimited. Um, trout fishing and stuff is, is really big in Utah. And so, yeah, we just want to kind of position ourselves to really just do whatever but those are the kind of the organizations that we've kind of actively been been working with yeah and those are some some great ones too i mean that's one of the the nice things about two percent right is is they almost work as kind of a, a sounding board right you know you can talk to jared over there and say hey you know this is what you know myself and the team like this is what you know we like to do from a recreation standpoint you know who are some organizations that kind of align with our beliefs with our core values, who can we kind of give back to? And I mean, he has, you know, old school Rolodex, right. Of just people and names and contacts of, of organizations that you can get involved with. And 
they make the entire process super simple and, and super seamless to, to help and start giving back. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. No, that's, that's, um, that's great. So, I mean, EJ, we're shoot. Let me see here. We're into October, right? I mean, we're especially across the West. I mean, my whitetail season just opened up last weekend. I was able to spend at least one evening in the woods, which was great. Um, do you have anything planned? I know you've got a ton on your plate. Do you have anything that you're looking forward to this fall? Um, nothing planned right now for the fall. Um, my big thing is, is trying to get home, but we, this it's, we're really looking at, uh, the spring is what we're really going to be looking at. Um, doing a lot of stuff. Uh, we want to do a lot of stuff. We want to get in, you know, I know there's an opportunities to, to backpack fish, you know, up at the top of the mountains and, and a lot of things like that where, you know, that's kind of some of the things that we're wanting to really get involved with um, on that front. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So, EJ, before I let you get out of here, man, and, and get back to uh, that sunny, southern, southern, sunny southern, southern California wedding weather. Jesus, criminy. I can't talk today, man. Shit. Um, where can people, um, you know, learn more about Blaze Digital, find out more, and if, you know, they, they happen to be operating in the outdoor space and, you know, they, they want to kind of boost their, their digital presence and things like that, where can they learn more? Yeah, so if you go to blazedigitalsolutions.com, um, you know, that's that's our website. And if you guys send me an email EJ, to ej at blazedigitalsolutions.com, if you are in the space and you're looking to, even for a second look, we'll offer a free two-hour um, strategy session where regardless if you move forward with us or not, you're going to walk away with a strategy um, that's going to impact your business. So, and you'll be, have more clarity and uh, – absolute direction on what you need to do next and so that's kind of if you just leave the average conservationist um in the subject line and just email me directly we'll take care of the rest we'll get you scheduled and we'll rock and roll awesome i love that ej i appreciate you taking some time out of your day man it was uh, certainly a pleasure to talk to you to hear more about kind of your story the story behind blaze and, and everything that you guys have going on um, I wish you guys nothing but success as you guys continue to grow. Certainly as, uh, you're able to get out this fall and, and this spring to chase some big game or some turkeys and all that good stuff. And, uh, look forward to getting you on here again sometime. Thanks, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. All right, EJ, take care of yourself. All right. Thank you. Yep. All right. Well, thank you again, EJ, for joining me on the podcast today. I would like to thank the partners of the podcast, Hardside Hydration, Outdoor Class, Stone Glacier, Go Hunt, and of course, 2% for Conservation. Uh, do me a favor, guys, especially this time of the year. Go out, support these um, these businesses that help support this podcast and, and make it possible for me to bring you, um, you know, amazing guests week in and week out. And if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can check out their website, fishandwildlife.org. And over there, you're going to see all the certified brands that have committed to conservation that you should support when you shop. Also, highly encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media, where it's going to be only positive, conservation-driven content that's landing in your your feeds there. So again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for Conservation, you can look for them online on social media or at fishandwildlife.org. 
Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, Speaking of the holidays, be sure to head over to theaverageconservationist.com, pick up some gear there, and um, give the gift of conservation and some cool swag this holiday season. So until next week, stay safe out there, and remember that conservation starts with you.